This is Jamie J, host of Stop Riding the Pine, and you are listening to Dear Friends and Family with your host, Patty and Lex. And now, live from ID Studios in Tucson, Arizona, it's... Dear Friends and Family. 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 Dear Friends and Family, how are you? Dear Friends and Family, welcome to Session 16! Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> oh, we've got an awesome show for you guys. We do. We had an awesome opportunity to speak with a woman named Heidi Gillen. And yes. she is a mother and a wife and a biker chick. <laughs> yes. And she also has the same thing that I do. Yes. <laughs> she has small fiber neuropathy. Woohoo. So, yeah. Well, it's not really something to woohoo about. I just realized I, that. Well, but yeah, hey. but at the same time, I'm excited. It's nice. It's nice yeah. to have someone say, I feel your pain literally. Yes, like totally. I get it. <laughs> I I totally dig that. And actually, you know what, guys? She is amazing to listen to. You guys are in for a huge, awesome, just great time. That's right. And don't forget, take a minute, pause the show while you're on iTunes right now and give us a rating and a review. Yes. Very, very important. And this week's review comes from Kip Clark. There are numerous well-made, creative, informative, and useful podcasts out there, but few can claim to be truly important in the way dear friends and family can. They always offer insight and advice on health, recovery, and prevention. Perhaps most notably, they handle each of these topics with courtesy, compassion, and an undeniable sense of positivity. They are refreshing, encouraging, and unparalleled. For eye-opening, heartwarming, and nourishment for the soul, you need look no further. Kip Clark, thank you so yeah, much for that review. So wow, much. I had chills reading it just yeah. now. <laughs> wow, thank you so much. But please keep those reviews coming. They are absolutely mind-blowing for me and Lex, and we love every second of it. And we love every one of you guys. Like, Thank you for listening. Thank you so much. And with that, on to the show. Okay, dear friends and family listeners, it's that time where we remind you to head over to studioids.com and sign up for our email list. You will receive all of the latest updates, releases, and information about our studio. Also, wherever you are listening, from whether it be iTunes or SoundCloud, please give us a comment, a like, and a share. Thank you for supporting our endeavor to open minds one show at a time. Take it away, Patty and Lex. So Heidi, say hi. Hi. (laughs) Welcome to the show. (laughs) Where where are you calling us from? I am calling from uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We have some gorgeous waterfalls in our city, and that's what our city is named for. Nice. I've always wanted to go to South Dakota. I don't know why. It just seems so interesting there. There's a lot we of. We com- are interesting. Yeah. yeah, you know, I I actually would love to just go up there and just be like, hey, all right, I want to see all the sights. All right, Heidi, we're coming. <laughs> <laughs> Heidi's like, oh God, what have I got myself into? <laughs> <laughs> so Heidi, tell us what you were diagnosed with and how you got here. It all started with a pain in my feet. <laughs> <laughs> 
so I noticed gradually, like, oh, my feet really hurt. And, you know, I don't know why they hurt so bad. I haven't really been on them. And it would just be sort of just horrible burning pain in my feet. And I kind of blew it off for about six months and finally decided to go to the doctor. You know, there's a lot of talk out there about troubles with our feet because of bad posture yeah, and because right. of bad shoes. Yep. And so I yep. kind of I kind of feel like generally feet pain is something you can blow off a little. <laughs> well, so I totally get I, it. You know, I like to wear cute shoes and heels. And so Me I too. even, you know, at that point kind of like, well, maybe I'll just, you know, wear flats. Oh, it was affecting your fashion. This is a problem. (laughs) This is a huge problem. (laughs) Seriously. Nothing helped. And so I got to the point where I was just like, you know what? I'm wearing my heels. I don't care. They're going to hurt anyway. Right? Why wear the not cute shoes then? (laughs) If your feet are going to hurt anyways, wear the cute shoes always. Wear the cute shoes. And the rest of us guys are going, well, you know, it just doesn't go with my pumps. (laughs) (laughs) Your pump Air Jordans? Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I just aged myself, so I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and so I finally decided to go to the doctor and, you know, it's just like my feet are burning and, you know, it's like they don't itch and only got athlete's foot, you know, whatever. So that's kind of what started it. And that was over three years ago. And, you know, they just, they ran blood work and everything was normal. So have you only had the abnormal feeling in your feet? That's how it started, just in my feet. Over the three years, where did it progress to? It just, it progressed to kind of feeling like I had the flu all the time. Achy, sort of mild, like the achy, muscly I Ooh, so I dislike I mean, that feeling. I, I so dislike um, that feeling. Like feeling like you have the flu all the time. It's so yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you just you feel like you got run over by a truck, and it's hard to take care of a family when you feel like you have the flu all the time. You know, Definitely. I didn't have a fever or anything, but I just hurt and I just felt exhausted. You know, just rough. And it was frustrating because during that whole time, all the tests were coming back normal. You know, nothing was out of the ordinary. <laughs> we um, can relate with that. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, my family doctor, who's been awesome through all this, referred me to neurology to have them look at it. I saw a neurologist and they ordered a bunch more testing. You know, I had like the, the little nerve testing where they kind of stick the little needles in your legs. And oh, and I hated that. And they did that. the test where they like do the electroshock. Like you have no choice. Like your arms and legs jump all over the place. Yeah. Okay. So did you pass that one? Yeah. Everything looked normal. I failed that test. <laughs> the, the guy was so mad at me. My left leg, he's sitting there and he's like electrocuting me. And my, or no, it was my right leg. And my right leg wouldn't respond. And he's just like, okay, I'm going to get this. Damn it. I'm going to get this. And he's like, electric yeah. and nothing's happening. He's like, I don't get it. Yeah. Well, that, and, and I've sat there and stared at, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to let it jump, but you, I couldn't control it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so, yeah, and I, so I had that whole gamut of testing, and they ran a few more blood tests. You know, they kind of really were looking at celiacs or something like that, yeah. and, and all that was normal. I even went gluten-free for about six weeks to see if it helped, and it didn't. So then I ate a lot of cake. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> just like, just like Jason. Like, oh, my gosh, I can't have cake. I can't have bread. I can't have pasta. I mean, I could but it was like nasty gluten-free stuff. <laughs> and you don't know how much you love that stuff till you're told you can't have it. Oh, I know. I haven't had wheat in a year and a half. And have you noticed you feel any better? Oh, yeah. It actually fixed oh, a lot of my stomach problems. It hasn't helped with my pain issues. 
or anything like that. And I've lost a lot of weight, but it's helped my stomach basically. And I also now if I touch, oh, if on. I like touch wheat, I break out in hives. Oh. Yeah, it's crazy. And like um, my stepmom has celiacs, but she failed all her, like her blood tests were all normal. Mm. And they finally had to diagnose her with um, a biopsy, a stomach biopsy. Oh, wow. Um, which I haven't had that, but yeah. <laughs> so on and off, doctor, you know, would get everything back, would be normal. And so then I would kind of just feel a little miffed and just like, okay, I just must be crazy. I'm just going to take a break for a while. And, you know, and then it would just kind of come and go. I always sort of felt eh. But um, I would have times where it just would get way worse. And so then I would be like, all right, I have to go back to the doctor. When it would feel worse than the flu, what would that feel like? I felt bruised all over. Like I got beat up or something. Like just sore. Sometimes it would be muscle. Sometimes it would be, even it would feel like it was bone pain. Sharp pain in my bones. Because the ibuprofen kind of helped once in a while. You'd be like, oh, I could get some relief. And then it was a matter of finding something else that would help with the pain. And that was hard. Because I didn't so want to do narcotics. Then yeah, they, I didn't want to do yeah, narcotics. No, we, we, yeah, no, narcotics are not helpful. No, <laughs> not at all. So they diagnosed you with fibromyalgia, which it doesn't even sound like you have fibromyalgia. Like, I just, I'm listening to your symptoms and I'm like, nope, you're lining right up with Lex, not with me. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, we've, exactly. you and I have those similarities, but there's a lot of differences. So when did they make that shift from, okay, this is not fibromyalgia to this is something else? Well, I asked to get sent to a rheumatologist because, you know, every, nothing was coming up. And so they, I saw a rheumatologist and he said it's fibromyalgia. And I'm like, well, what about, you know, the burning in my feet, like the neuropathy? And he's like, well, is it there all the time? I'm like, well, there are times when it feels a little bit better. And he's like, no, nope, it's fibromyalgia. <laughs> yeah yeah i could see and, how that would throw you um, off i didn't like i didn't like him he he just did a whole bunch of talking i couldn't get a word in edgewise and he just i don't know he seemed like not a good people person kind of doctor <laughs> yeah yeah you know i'm like okay so then i adjusted to that diagnosis for a while and i finally agreed to try lyrica because i had been really putting that off like you know oh, the side effects and you know but i just was in so much misery i just hurt and then at this point now it had progressed to my hands and i had um like i felt like i had arthritis in my joints of my hands and my feet like even my little toe joints hurt yeah um, that that sounds just like me <laughs> yeah. and i my hands and feet would feel swollen but they wouldn't be if i didn't know better i think it looked like the stay puff marshmallow man but i normal <laughs> But that's the I, I had, dislike that, that feeling so much. <laughs> like, I sometimes I'm like, babe, I'm so huge. I just feel like I'm floating around, like floated <laughs> out on top of myself, like the oh, the girl in the Willy Wonka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Violet, turning violet. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's how I feel. But then I look down and I look normal. Exactly, exactly. So then I just, I went back to my family doctor and she, you know, kind of repeated some tests I'd already had because at that time I was feeling like I was having a flare up of symptoms. So I thought maybe some stuff will show up. Nothing did, of course. Of course. And so I asked to go back to neurology because at that point too, I was having a lot of dizziness and vertigo yeah. too, which is something that I've had with this. Um, so I asked to go back to neurology and I went back there. And at that time, I was like, you know, I had done a lot of research and I was thinking, I want to do one of the skin biopsies. So I went back to neurology and talked to them about that. And they decided to repeat the autonomic testing that I had had. So she's like, let's repeat that because, you know, your symptoms are worse. So we repeated that, you know, when you get hooked up to all the fun stuff, your heart monitor and your mm -hmm. breathing monitor and your blood pressure. And 
they did the little sweat test where they put the patches on your arms and legs and they inject what's called acetylcholine. It's a substance that's already in your body, but they, so they're trying to get your sweat response. Yeah. Uh, so they did that and that I failed that I had like no sweat response. Interesting. So then that's when they said it's small fiber neuropathy or autonomic neuropathy, you know, whatever. They, they use them interchangeably sometimes. I know there's yeah. so many terms that get so I mixed noticed. up and jumbled and it's like, Okay, what do I really have? Well, <laughs> so, and the funny thing is, is I, actually, I, I actually went to my doctor and I asked him, I was like, all right, which one do I have? Do I have the small fiber <laughs> peripheral neuropathy? Do I have the small fiber blah, blah, blah He neuropathy? said, you have them all. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you, you've got them all. It's okay. Live with it. <laughs> no, he didn't say yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, but. That's how it feels. Yeah, it feels like, that way. Okay, here's your diagnosis. Here's your sign. <laughs> here's your sign. Exactly. Do you know, you know, his doctor said that when he handed him his handicap plate <gasps> paperwork. He was like, here's your sign. Here's your sign. <laughs> yep, yep. We laugh so hard. We love our doctor. He's awesome. Yeah, our doctor is this like hardcore cowboy kind of guy. Yeah. And- yeah, it's nice when you get a good doctor. Oh, yeah. Where did you end up going from there? So they did autonomic response and the sweat test. And where did you go from there? Well, then at that time, you know, they said, well, this is what it is. You know, it is progressive. We can keep looking. And then they did like um, the perineal plastic panel. They did that whole blood work to make sure it wasn't caused by like a cancer or something because I'm not diabetic. I don't have, you know, all kind of the big things that they look for with neuropathies. Mm-hmm. Yep. Either is like So we did some more blood work. Then she said, you know, you don't need to do the punch biopsy because this is what, you know, this is what it is. But then, you know, since then, and that was like in May, the last couple of months, I mean, just things have gotten more progressive and mm. they continue to up my medication. You know, I take five daily medications and I have four PRN medications that I can take or, you know, as needed or whatever. And That's kind of interesting because I was just, I was just thinking about this. It's like when I first collapsed, I felt like I had the flu and then I started to feel like I was getting beat up all the time and then I had been ignoring my feet for the longest time and mine has gotten progressively worse in the last few months for me it's interesting to hear your story starting to unfold and progressively getting worse so where are you at now you know now I actually saw my neurologist today and they took 10 tubes of blood looking for some more autoimmune causes. He actually said he was looking for like a bone cancer marker that could cause this. Interesting. So I, you know, I just basically asked them to keep digging because, you know, I'm only 39 and there's so much that I still want to do. I'm like, if there's a reason behind this, I want to know. And if there's something that we can do to stop it, reverse it, treat it differently than I am. Because right now it's like treat a symptom, treat a symptom, treat a symptom with the meds and then I'm getting side effects from that. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Ridiculous. Yep. I hope your doctors are not trying to solve symptoms with more meds. <laughs> well, that's just it. And then, you know, the neurologist I saw today, he actually is more of a specialist with like the autonomic neuropathies. Mm-hmm. and peripheral neuropathies. So I kind of, you know, he's in the same group that I've been seeing, but I switched to him because his bio just really looked more knowledgeable about what's been going on. And he even said that. He's like, you know, we might come to a point where we just need to divorce all of the meds mm-hmm. and start over Yeah, and see where we're at. He's like, yeah, you can get it. Side effects could be some of the stuff that's going on. And, you know, obviously I've had this before I started the meds, so it's not... From the meds, but... Right, but it's like how many new symptoms come from side effects of taking these medications. Exactly. Yeah. Hi, everyone. I just wanted to take a quick minute to tell you a little bit about something that I just found. Now, a 
As a lot of you guys know, I'm crippled, so I can't really move, I can't really do a lot of things. Holding a book is not that easy for me. What's the answer? The answer is Audible. Now, guys, I'm sharing this with you because I actually really like the service. Like, I really am getting something out of it. Now, you can sign up for free at our website at studioids.com and check them out. For 30 days for free, you get two free books that you can listen to. And if you want to, you can continue from there and only pay $14.95. I think that's a good deal. If you guys would like to check it out, go to studioids.com and check out the link at the bottom of the page. Thanks, guys. You have children? I do. I have three daughters. They are 15, 10, and 8. Awesome. And nice. uh, my husband and I have been married for 18 years. Right on. Wow, Congra- congratulations. Awesome. Yeah. So we stay pretty busy. We have our girls. They all go to Catholic school here in Sioux Falls. Cool. So we stay, you know, busy with their activities. And, you know, that's that's another thing, too, is our oldest daughter is just learning how to drive. So she'll be able to sort of, you know, get herself where she needs to go. And that should lighten your load. Yeah. And, you know, a struggle, it's like, oh, there's meds I can take that'll help me feel better, but they're also going to make it so I can't function. And so I have to struggle through the day to get everyone taken care of before I can take care of myself. So that's hard. Right. It's definitely hard to do that. And whenever I talk to somebody about the pressure that, you know, being chronically ill and being a caretaker and having children, like they always say, well, you know, you have to take care of yourself before you can take care of anybody else. And sometimes I just want to wring their necks when they say it. Like, yeah, that's at, not what, how it works. at what point in the day do you think I could take care of myself? Like, exactly. <laughs> and then exactly. at the same time, I know they're right. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What do you do to take care of yourself? We're pretty active in our church. And I feel like faith has really helped me through this a lot. There's times where I just need to break down and give it to God. And that's yeah. just, you know, that helps. It, it just, it helps. The girls and I spend a lot of time together. We like to make stuff with like polymer clay. We just love to make little like fairy gardens and figures and just spending time with them just gets my mind off of not feeling well. And then at the end of the day, I just have a big comfy chair that I go in. (laughs) (laughs) We all need a big comfy chair to go in. (laughs) Actually, Patty's sitting in hers right now. Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I do try to, you know, to relax. And and the kids, they've gotten to the ages now where they're able to help with housework and they're able to help with laundry. And so that has helped lighten my load a little bit. That's awesome. Tell me how this has affected you as a mother. Oh, you know, I I have my oldest daughter is in marching band. And last year, I was able to go on a trip and chaperone on the bus and get to know the kids. And that was a lot of fun, but I really paid for it. Health-wise, it kicked my butt for a couple days after. I bet. And I want to be able to go to all that stuff. I want to be that super mom that goes and, and does all the volunteering and is always able to be there. And it's kind of taken away from that. I worry that if I volunteer for something, I won't be able to show up. I won't be able to be there. And so I'll be letting people down. And I don't want to be that mom. Yeah. Um, you know, it has affected that. And that, you know, like I said, I, I want to be that super mom. That's why I only work part time so that I can be home with my girls because I, you know, I want them to be able to come home and, and be here and I can help them with their homework and give them their snacks. And, you know, I, I want to be that caretaker for my family. And I enjoy that. It's, I feel like that's my mission to be a mom and be a wife. And it definitely, it makes it hard. Yeah. It does. It definitely gets in the way of, I feel like, of my purpose. 
on those days when I know these are the things that I need to do and I can't move. It blocks me from my purpose and so I have to find other ways while I'm just sitting in a chair. Like I can talk to somebody, like do an interview like Mm -hmm. we're doing right now, you know, like I can play, I can read a book with my daughter. I can play chess with my son. You have to sort of dumb it down and find other ways to interact with your life and still feel full on those days when you just can't adult it. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly, (laughs) exactly. And, you know, and it's affected, you know, my life as a wife because my husband and I enjoy riding motorcycle together and that's, I haven't been able to do that. I am able to hop on the back of his bike and, you know, I can kind of medicate a little bit if I need to. (laughs) Right. Let him just do the driving and so (laughs) And then I just, I'm going to suffer through. I don't feel good, but this is worth it because we're having fun together. And Mm -hmm. we got, like, I got a bike and I learned how to ride and everything. And, you know, we had like three years in a row where we went up to the Minnesota, Wisconsin border and to a rally for BMW bikes that, nice. you know, and it's nice. like our thing that we did every year. But I don't know that I'm going to be able to do those trips anymore, you know, on my own bike. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I'm like, God, I wanted to be this like cool biker chick and, <laughs> you know, do these things. And like, oh, so I got knocked down a few pegs with that. And I know that's, it's but, sort of like the story of small fiber neuropathy. You have to reinvent your dreams. You have to reinvent your yeah. goals. You have to reinvent mm-hmm. every, what everything looks like, you know, because exactly. you, you really yeah. don't know what the future is going to hold. They don't know a lot about the disorder. There's not a lot of information. There's not a lot of treatment for it. There's this large group of people who are just sort of left to, here you go, redefine yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Funny thing is, is I can totally relate with you as far as being able to do all the volunteering at school and stuff, because I've always been a very into it dad. I'm, I want to be there and, and help with the kids school and I want to be part of that. And it's really hard because for the last year, I haven't been able to go to any of their concerts. My daughter made it into honor orchestra and honor chorus. And I wasn't able to go to the event. Yeah, so. we tried taking him to a school event once, oh. and that was quite an ordeal. I mean, people, I don't really understand, but if you go to an event and there is somebody in a wheelchair, give them a little space. Okay? No, I'm kidding. Like, no. he, was, he was having a hard time, and so, like, when we go out in the world, I put him in his wheelchair because it just, generally, people will stay away. At this school event, there was a kid sitting behind him kicking his wheelchair. And I had to ask him to stop. And then all these adults kept like running into his foot placements. Really? 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 This was was, so after that, I had to I had to give it up. So, yeah, we could. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, I'm I'm not to that point yet. I hope and pray I don't get to that point I, you know I but I wonder in my mind I'm like am I gonna end up in a wheelchair this just they hurt to walk mm-hmm. yeah you know, just my feet they just oh they just hurt and the nurse practitioner that I saw before I saw the guy I saw today she's like some people end up not being able to feel their hands and feet at all so you know you won't have any pain <laughs> right her. I was like are you kidding me that's not funny that's right. not it's no, not been, I mean <laughs> We've made jokes about it, you know, between he and I, but... Yeah, that's a very serious... It's something we try not to think about. Yeah. That's... Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> my my thing is, since this happens all over my whole body, if my whole body goes numb, that's that's not a good thing for me, you know? And so it, right. it, it's a little scary and terrifying. So... It's your yeah. new trouble. Yeah, it's my new trouble. <laughs> <laughs> 
oh, that was the first thing my husband said to me when they told me that this is what it was. He's like, so what are you going to end up in a wheelchair? And I'm like, I have no idea what's going to happen. You know? See, that's the thing. Like, we had no idea. We've had to go digging for the information. We've had to, like, go and ask several different medical sources. They don't tell you a lot. They don't give you any kind of no. heads up as to what's coming or where this could lead to. It's really strange, actually. It no, really it is. is. Yeah. So you really have to be an advocate. Oh, yeah. You know, for your own health. It's too bad that it's that way in the medical field. It's like I think that they are so bogged down now with technology that they have to use and do and everything yeah. that they are having to do on their side. So where where are you at today with this? When you first started feeling this and, you know, mentally, I bet it was terrifying and where are you at today mentally with it? You know, you've been at this for what, four years now? Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to say because until today I was like, okay, this is what I have. And now they're doing a bunch more testing. The doctor put MS back out on the table as a possibility. So I, I mean, I'm trying to kind of grapple with that. And there's days that I am like, I'm going to take it one day at a time. I'm not going to borrow trouble from tomorrow. It is what it is. You know, I like that. God. There's other days that I, and it's usually the days that I'm feeling so much pain. Like I'm just miserable. And then I sit there and I just, I don't know, I've, I've had a few breakdowns, honestly, just crying my eyes out because Definitely. I just don't know what's next. Oh, yeah. So I think it's a little bit of a roller coaster. You know, Heidi, I'll be honest with you. I've I've broken down many a times. Me too. Yeah, Patty too. Just where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. What is the next step? So don't feel bad about crying because that's, Mm-mm. that's right. Kind of, you yeah. know. My therapist gave me the best line that I play over and over in my head, and it's, you have to break in order for the light to shine through. I always just take that in, like, it's okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay to let this out. Something beautiful will come from it. Just Mm -hmm. let it out. And for me, too, you know, the biblical verse for me is suffering produces perseverance. You have to go through the storm. (laughs) Yep, totally. You know, in order to the rainbow. And, you know, all those little idioms. Yep. true i mean it is something you have to be broken before you can be fixed and it's really learning how to live life on on new terms because this is our life now and for us we have to smile and laugh and just be okay Mm -hmm. with where we're at and redefine everything yep (laughs) (laughs) right oh exactly heidi if there's one thing that you would want people to know about the things that you're going through about the disorder that you have what would it be just because someone looks okay on the outside does not mean that they're not hurting. You know, I can walk around and look completely fine and have my hair done and my, a nice outfit on and I look awesome. You know, I, I go to a nice thing at church and, you know, my choir director, my friend, she's like, but you've hidden it so well, you know, how, you know, like, well, what am I going to do? <laughs> Limp around? You know? <laughs> it's so important to keep in mind that you don't have to look sick to be sick. You don't have to have the outward appearance of illness to be ill. And, you know, just to be considerate that. of people's, you know, limitations. And there's days that I'm like, I can't do that today. I'm sorry. You know, and I think that, you know, people are like, oh, whatever, you know, just suck it up. <laughs> no, I can't suck it up. Okay, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I, am, I am out of spoons today. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You, we talked a little bit earlier about you and your husband. You can't ride a lot, and you. What do you guys do? What do you do instead? Yeah. 
you know, we enjoy spending time just as a family. We're going on vacation next week to the Black Hills. You know, I'm excited about that. And we like to try to, you know, take in a movie, go to dinner. I've become a homebody. I used to be bugging him to go out. Like, I want to go do this. I want to go do that. And, you know, he was like, eh. (laughs) The tables are turned. Enjoy sitting at home and... I'll go out in the garage with him when he's tinkering on his motorcycle and stuff and talk to him. And, you know, he's taught me a few things and he's pretty handy under the hood of a car and stuff. That's cool. So I'll go out and, you know, watch and learn and even turn a wrench once in a while. We're kind of movie buffs and we can hold a whole conversation just in movie quotes. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Yes. That's awesome. So we find other ways to be together and, you know, our family's important. Our faith's important. Heck yeah. Um, So, you know, we just really try. A lot of times lately, I think we've felt our little ones, you know, they are best friends one second and then they are at each other's throats the next. And that drives my husband nuts. Like he is just like, I cannot handle this house full of women, you know, like all these women, women, you guys are just all emotional. Okay. But you can, you can tell him our six and eight year old are both boys and they are on an emotional roller coaster right now. One minute they're best friends, one minute they hate each other's guts. So I think it's more about age. Yeah. Yeah. So, actually, um, our two boys are more drama queens than their sisters. Like, uh-huh, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, they've got the whole boy rage going on, you know. Yeah, boy yeah. rage. So yeah, it's. <sighs> yeah. Oh, I still try to go when I can, and you know, we did a memorial ride a few weeks ago for fallen law enforcement officers. That's awesome. And that was just awesome and moving. You know, we laid some wreaths for officers that have died in South Dakota, and you know, we went to a cemetery where an officer was buried and his family was there, and it was really moving and. Law enforcement is sort of a different animal, just, you know, being a law enforcement family. Things are a little bit different for us, just in the way we function in the world. Yeah. Definitely. That's cool. Well, Heidi, thank you so much for being on this show with us. This has been awesome talking to you. And just, it's nice to have somebody who's going through the same thing, Lexis, and like, Honey, you're not alone. Yes. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. Thank you guys. It was enjoyable. Yeah. It's nice to know that there's other people. And then, I'm not crazy. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not. Yeah. <laughs> it's not in your head. No, you're not. It's it's just so it's so cool to be able to talk to somebody else who is going through the same thing, who's just trying to find out what's going up, you know, going on with them. So yeah. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you guys. So so I was, I was thinking. What? <laughs> I was thinking about the difference between whining and sharing an experience. Hmm. That's actually a good topic. <laughs> so our children whine. Yes. A lot. A lot. And occasionally they share an experience. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yep. But as adults, we're expected to share an experience and maybe occasionally whine, (laughs) right? Yes. When you're chronically ill, why is sharing experience seen as whining? That's a good question because, I mean, it really is. I I guess if you think about it, it's because everybody always asks, how are you doing? And you get, how are you doing? Oh, well. See, I think there's a difference between whining and actually telling your story. If you're whining, it's more along the lines of, 
oh god my life sucks you know this so is happened. it in your tone yeah it's totally in your tone it's the way you talk to people that is considered whining versus telling your story if, if i tell you in a way that it is like hey my electric bill got shut off and this got shut off i'm talking to you i'm not actually whining i'm just telling you what happened but if i if i turn around and i say oh my god my 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 electric got shut off and this got my shut world off. is ending. exactly i mean i don't know man electricity is kind of like the god of all utilities oh true but <laughs> the thing is though is that it's all about how you process that because you can either sit there and just really soak in that or you can try to look forward and move forward and and try to solve that issue it's the difference between living in the solution or living in the problem when, exactly yeah when you're whining you're living in the problem exactly when you're telling your experience you're living in the solution so i had this experience with my children Devin did this to me and i mean and i didn't <laughs> want him to do that and i said <clears throat> you're whining no i'm not i'm just telling you what happened no you're whining. Yep. So, Devin did X, Y, and Z. What do you think that we should do about that? Oh, well, I think that he should have to give me my card back. Like, all of a sudden, he wasn't whining anymore. <laughs> yeah. It was a literal, like, when he was in the problem, stuck in the problem, yep. completely, he was literally whining in his tone, in his language, in his body language, and his whole existence. And then as soon as I was like... Well, what's the solution? What should we do about it? He literally sounded like a human being again. Yep. It was so, it made it so apparent to me because we have been accused of whining, right? Yes. Because we have this show that talks about chronic illness that shares our story mixed in with other people's stories and our experiences and sharing of that and the solutions that we found and Sometimes we don't have a solution and we might find a solution. And we're still looking for it. We're still looking for it. You know, I really haven't felt like we're whining. No. But the thing is, is we have been accused of whining. Like, I don't want to listen to your show because you're whining. You obviously haven't listened to the show. Or you don't understand the difference between whining and sharing experience. Yes. You know. And the thing is, is that I love the fact that all of our guests who come on the show share their experience. Like they, they talk about the bad, but they also talk about the good and mm -hmm. how they live happily as best as they can. That's right. This show is really all about getting out there and getting that awareness and just showing you that these people may be sick, but they're not dead. <laughs> no, and they're not whining either. They're not. They're just they're amazing. I can't believe the people that have come into our lives from doing this show. They're just incredible human beings. Yeah, completely. That's what this show is about. This show is about raising that awareness, showing people that look. Normalizing what's different. Exactly. I mean, this is our new normal. You know, life is different. You're not going to understand it. It's okay. <laughs> but you can enjoy the ride. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Because we're having a lot of fun while we get through this. Yes. And here's the thing. We're also here to say, parents, the next time that your child is whining at you, try offering them to get into the solution and see if their tone changes. Quickly. It will it's change amazing. very fast. Kids it are such problem 
people. They're yes. so stuck in their problems. They have no concept of how to like conceptualize a solution. It's and, amazing to me. And we're working with our eight and six year old. Of, <laughs> These of, boys. You know, we're working on communication with them. Yeah. And working on getting them to really communicate with each other because it's really funny because we'll sit down. <laughs> we'll sit down and we'll have this conversation with them. Devin is yelling at AJ and AJ is yeah, like we're moderators. Yeah, we become we we become like the student, you know, like school counselors, yeah, exactly. right? Like we have to moderate <laughs> between these two misbehaving boys. And so, you know, once we get them to stop whining and actually get into reality, all of a sudden they're like, "Well, if you would have said that in the beginning, I would have been okay with right? that." Right? Like how many times <laughs> have we heard that? Yes. So parents, get your kids to get out of the problem. Start get out teaching of, them communication skills. Yeah, like it, it's it's amazing how much easier things become. And they communicate a little bit easier. And they're still knuckleheads and they still <laughs> argue with oh, each yeah, other. yeah, they're six and eight. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that they're starting to learn how to communicate now, that's yeah. huge. It's good skills. Yeah. Good skills. And now our hero of the week. My hero is far, far away, but she's become my very best friend. And her name is Janelle. Dear Janelle, you are always there every time I have a complaint or something good, something bad. No matter what I ever have to say, you are always there with an uplifting word or an uplifting Bible verse or something funny. You never, ever, ever bring me down, ever. You never let me get down. You are always there. Even though we're 2,000 miles apart, it feels like you're right here with me. And I appreciate everything you've done and been there. And your great faith has gotten me through so much. So I love you. Love Heidi. Janelle, thank you for being a dear friends and family hero. Our heroes. Yeah. (laughs) So if you have somebody in your life if you were struggling through a really hard time and somebody just sort of stepped in and saved your day. Saved your butt. (laughs) (laughs) We want to hear about that person. Send us your messages and maybe your hero will be recognized on our show. Dear friends and family, thank you so much for listening. This has been a great show. Yes, absolutely. Heidi, thank you so much for being on the show. It was awesome to talk to you again. Thank you so much. And don't forget to head on over to lovethefam.com and sign up for our email list and get your 20 awesome ideas to having a perfect date night with your kid. Yes. And don't forget to go over to iTunes, rate and review. And if you don't know how, also on the website at lovethefam.com, there's a video to show you how to rate and review the show. Sincerely, Lex and Patty. We're out. <laughs>